Hello and welcome to Setting This Game. I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And Doug, where the heck are you? Oh, I really expected Doug to say his name, but... He's not even on this Zoom call. I, I know. I know. I was just... My cue is, you know, for Doug to say his name and then I say mine. So, you know how it goes. Maybe you I, don't because you always leave. But whatever. I was about to say, I, I always say my name first. So, I mean, I, I don't follow anyone. I just have to hit record, start the timer, and, and then I just... Well, I, I have to wait on everyone else to stop talking. That's right. Uh, so. Everyone, Doug, you hear that, Doug? <laughs> you come after Ben, and Ben starts it, and yeah. and that's you've messed it all you up from now, there. So, and then we immediately get off the rails talking about people who aren't here. It's it, it, it's a process, and that's how things go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now that you're all informed. <laughs> about the process uh ben what movie did we watch this week well uh thank you for asking i think elijah's got all the information pulled up uh but i will say that we watched the 2012 uh noah bombach film francis ha yeah 2012 uh directed by noah bombach who uh is a big deal now because of marriage story uh written by him and his longtime partner greta gerwig uh, who we've talked about a lot because of Lady Bird and Little Women, which Tristan and I have just gushed about to no end. <laughs> the movie also stars Greta Gerwig as the titular role, uh, and it uh, also stars Mickey Sumner, Daniel Esper, Adam Driver, Michael Zegan, and some other people. It's looking at uh, ratings. Uh, it's got um, 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Four out of four on Deep Focus Review, whatever that is. Uh, 90% on Google. Uh, let's see, Rotten Tomatoes, the 93% on the tomato meter, 77% audience. And then uh, our old pals at Common Sense Media have it as a four stars out of five. I think Metacritic had it at like an 80 something. Give me a second. Uh, yeah, an 82. Those are pretty good, pretty good reviews, right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I personally am not that high with my review, but we'll get there. Tristan, why don't you tell us what this movie is about? This movie is about a 27-year-old woman who... Uh, I don't really know what the problem is, <clears throat> but... She it's probably a combination of quite a few things, but she can't seem to get her life together, meaning she can't seem to hold a job. She is unable to pay for things like rent. So she ends up staying with a lot of different people. Um, I think this movie, what, what, what I gather, this movie takes place throughout the course of a year because we start in a summer and then we end in summer. So I think it's just about one year. Um, and in that whole time, she probably lives in like six different places um, here and there. So it, it's really just a, a, a dive into her life. And um, spoiler alert, by the end of it, she, she, gets, she starts getting things together. So it's really just taking a peek into, into how she's living and then seeing what she can do about it, if anything, basically. Yeah. It's a character study, which is the kind of movie that Tristan famously loves. Yeah. 
No, I, 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 yeah, I really like character studies. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I it's do too. One. But Tristan Webb is known for liking a good deep dive into one fictional character. That Look, is I'm, the most accurate statement I think I've ever heard. I, I'm the type of person who I just like to people watch. I will sit yeah. in a chair in a restaurant, something like that, and and just. Uh, not in a creepy way i'm just interested i just like i want to i want to see like how people interact with each other and like what's going on yeah i'm just chilling i'm just looking at my phone or whatever like eating you know as you do i don't sit there with binoculars right i'm just saying like (laughs) no i feel like you're the type to sit there with like the old-timey like uh spy with the newspaper that's got the eye holes cut out (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's always armed with one of those i I just newspapers I just, I really find people fascinating and then the way that they interact with each other and why people do the things they do. And I, 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 I really am interested in people who have insecurities or confidence issues. And I, and I, I, I just, I just want to know, cause I know, I know lots of those people and I've had my own issues with these things too. And I, I want to know why, and I want to, I want to try to learn things you know and understand the world better so it that's the kind of stuff i like and um this movie is a character study into a person who is you know has a lot of these struggles that i find interesting simply put yeah uh well before we talk a little bit more about uh francis and kind of what her character goes through uh throughout the movie let's take a step back and talk uh, specifically about Greta Gerwig and uh, Noah Baumbach. Uh, Elijah mentioned that they were longtime partners. They've done several movies together. Uh, so this is not the first film about or involving either one that we've talked about. I know we've, in the past we've talked about Marriage Story, Lady Bird. Uh, I know that we've at least mentioned uh, The Squid and the Whale, uh, which was another film directed by uh, Noah Baumbach. Uh, I feel like we've done other stuff that Greta Gerwig was in maybe misremembering well we did an episode on lady bird and we have mentioned little women about a million times and we've also mentioned the upcoming barbie movie a little uh when i was reading up on this movie and who was in it i also saw that greta gerwig is involved with the writing of the upcoming snow white adaptation oh yeah yeah well Power tour. You guys yeah. are acting like I had something else to add to that, but that's that was the end of that was the end of my statement. Well, yeah, Greta Gerwig directed Lady Bird, which we did. Uh, we did an episode on Lady Bird, and um, I don't think this is a necessarily intentional thing of hers. I think it's just the kind of stories that she wants to tell. But but all of her movies that she directs and typically writes, or at least helps writing or writes herself are all centered around women and the struggles that different kinds of women have um, throughout life. So um, it's not, I mean, most of her movies are character studies, mm-hmm. at, at least in into the life of one person or several. So um, I think you can make one. the same case for Noah Baumbach, because I mean, at least the two films of his that I've seen, uh, The Squid and the Whale and Marriage Story, they're both deeply intense character studies uh though they look uh specifically those two look more at a um couple uh, going through a divorce or 
the impact that that has on the kids of that relationship. Uh, this one focuses more in on just Francis and everything that she goes through. Yeah. Noah Baumbach also uh, co-wrote with Wes Anderson, um, Fantastic Mr. Fox and um, The Life Aquatic. And The Life Aquatic is a deep dive into a character. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> Literally, because he's a diver. But Oh, yeah, big it's, joke. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Bill Murray character. And I also saw that Greta Gerwig was a voice in Isle of Dogs, which I haven't seen, but that's another Wes Anderson. Oh, we did that oh, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, I, I think she, she was the girl with the afro, right? Pretty sure. I, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in that movie, Tristan. Well, there were dogs. I yeah, do remember they're... that, and I remember that there was some sort of like trash island. Beyond that, that whole movie is a blur. Well, I um, watched the trailer for this. I guess when we talked about doing Francis Ha, somebody was like, Greta Gerwig stars in it, but I had forgotten that. Uh, and I watched the trailer a few weeks ago because I saw this was coming up on our schedule. And I remember being like, well, this looks like it's going to be a real slow movie. I don't know if I'm going to like it that much. Uh, and I was kind of like, I'm not really sure <laughs> why this is on our list. Like, why are we interested in this? And then I saw it was Greta Gerwig. Like, I didn't even have a notion of what she looked like. So I didn't know that was her. And I was like, what? Because uh, with Lady Bird and Little Women being such a big deal to me and to a lot of us in our in our little circle here. Um, and the, and you know that that alone is enough to have me like i gotta watch more greta gerwig movies but then you yeah. look on imdb and there aren't very many um and then the next one coming out is this barbie movie that's totally different i'm like <laughs> that's an interesting move so i just gotta know more about greta gerwig so that's why i watched this movie um well, her her other movie that um i think is at least mainstream has broken into mainstream is uh 20th century women she directed that one, I believe, as well. Seen it? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's like a B tier, if uh, if Little Women is A tier. <laughs> so uh, Tristan, I believe you were the one that suggested we do this movie. Have you seen it before? No. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted uh, to, and yeah. I've seen clips from it. Okay, well, uh, Elijah kind of talked about his expectations. What were you expecting coming into this movie? I pretty much got exactly what I expected. I, I expected, from what I've seen and what I <laughs> little I know, it was I expected, you know, a, a main character who didn't have her life together and she was and she was trying to figure it out. So I expected like to be cringed or to get, you know, to like I expected cringe, and I expect to like. I don't know if you guys ever ever had problem watching a reality TV show, but I do because it, I it cringe the heck out, and so like that's uh, that happened to me, and like it's it was the same feeling for me. Yeah, I think it happened to uh, Ben too, but he didn't like it like you did. Yeah, um, say so for me, um, knowing the kind of films that I've seen that Noah Baumbach has done. I think I expected it to be sadder than it was because um, like I saw that he was involved, Greta Gerwig, Adam Driver, and I I, I was sitting here thinking the whole time, yeah, this is going to be a sad movie um, just because I feel like the majority of movies that those three are all involved with tend to be a little bit on the more emotional side. Um, and it wasn't. There were, I guess, like 
parts where you felt bad for Francis, um, but nothing that was as deeply emotional as some of the stuff that you see in like Marriage Story that um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson's characters go through. Um, there was there was one time I cried in this movie. Actually, there were two, but one of them was because I was sad. What was the other time? At the end, I was happy. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I expected uh, definitely more of a character study just because I know that that's what these two are known for. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's talk about Frances. Uh, we see her... We see her grow throughout the movie, um, kind of going from this awkward person with uh, arguably no real sense of direction. Like she has an idea of what she wants to be, what she wants to do, but she's not there. And I don't think she really knows how to get there. Y'all agree with that? or? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the majority of the film. Yeah, yeah, and she is one of those people who... Um, you know, maybe we can relate to this to some extent. She's a creative and she wants to do something in the world of art, of the arts. And it's just really hard to get something reliable. So she's not in a steady place at all. Right. And that's a big part of what goes on. So I was uh, texting Doug during this. And uh, the way that I described it to him is uh, during the first part of the movie is it's a movie about this girl where everything is going wrong in her life and then things progressively get worse. Because it seems like every time we move to a new time of year, new season of her life, something else is going wrong. Like uh, her best friend is moving out, so she has to move in with these two. Uh, she doesn't make the, or she gets told that she can't do the December shows at the dance company, so she has to move out again. She gets told that she's not going to be in the dance company at all. And it just feels like one thing after another just kind of keeps happening to her and things kind of keep getting worse and worse for her um where my issues kind of come in with her journey through this movie is that i want to make sure i say this right because i mean obviously we get this very small picture of her life so i can't speak to whether she had other issues or what all i have is this film to go off of mm -hmm. i feel like some of this was kind of self-inflicted oh like yeah and that's kind of where I take issue with it because, like, sh her life doesn't need to be as bad as she's kind of made it for herself. Yeah. Like, right. for example, um, she had friends in the area who genuinely did care about her. And instead of like going to them and like asking for help, she just kind of is like, no, I got it. Or she was constantly comparing herself to others and was just doing stuff to make herself look good. And I don't know. It just, it just felt weird. It, I don't know. Well, France, to me, uh, you guys may not agree, but to me, Francis is one of the most real people I've ever seen in a movie. And it's that she is deeply insecure. She's so insecure to the point of where it almost goes around on itself to where she's trying to correct it by, by just turning down people's offers of help because she she thinks it will either make her more secure artificially she'll think that maybe she could be more secure by just saying out loud i've got it 
I'm working on something. I can fix it myself. She's trying to convince herself that it'll be okay, that she can take care of herself. And at the same time, she's struggling in every single way possible because various, you know, she, I don't mean to diagnose someone, but she, she appears to be someone who's deeply depressed and struggles with a large amount of anxiety. And I don't think it helps that she's also pretty insecure, or at least that's causing a lot of her insecurity, most likely. So, I mean, it's, it's a study and like, it's a study in mental health for sure. Um, I don't, I don't want to claim that I'm that qualified in discussing that aspect of it, but that's what most of the movie is about to me is that she just has these problems that she can't really overcome. And in her mind, she thinks that maybe she can, but whenever she's presented with an, with a, with a decision or, or like a great example is when her dance teacher, who she actually really looks, really looks up to and really admires mm -hmm. offers her a regular position working as a bookkeeper in the office. And she says, no, immediately she says no, because she thinks that she can just, she's just going to figure it out. But sometimes just figuring it out is accepting help from people, even though it's not really help, it's a job offer. Like I, it's like, it's help, but like, it's not, it's not just free help. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm giving you a job, that kind of thing. So there's lots of these things that come up in her life to where she just thinks that she can do it and that she'll be fine. Like with the credit card thing, she's like, oh, it costs $2,000 to go to Paris. I'll be okay. She just made, she just made that decision on a whim because she felt like she wanted some kind of control in her life that she just could not get otherwise. So she said, you know what? I'm just going to do it and go to Paris. And now she said it to people who know things about her. And that people that she wants to impress, so she has to follow through with it. And so, I mean, for me, hearing all that again, and I mean, I had this thought during the movie, I think it's incredibly immature to- Of course it is. Do that. And I don't know, I, I think just that whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't feel like, I know that y'all are both going to disagree with me on this. I don't think that she showed that I don't think she earned that growth at the end. Like, cause it feels all of a sudden, like she, it's like the immature, 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 immature. And then at the very end, she's, she decides to start accepting help. And it, it just feels like a very sudden heel turn to me. I, I don't take it as she did grow. Actually. I think, I think she is thinking about growing. I think what she did was she probably was asked a few more times. And then there was a situation where, uh, I don't about the job. I mean, like the bookkeeping job, she's probably like, oh, uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess I could take it. Like eventually she cracked, you know, because you ask someone enough times, eventually someone cracks. And that's, that's what I got from that. And but we don't know that that's what happened though. We're not shown that. All we know is that but, but we are that incident with Sophie. And then in the next scene, she's working there and she's accepted it. We don't know that the dance or whoever was leading the company came back and asked her time and time and time again. For all we know, she could have picked up the phone the next minute and said, hey, I'll take the job. Yeah, I mean, we see confidence and insecurity in that on in those last scenes. We also see the but, guy. But that... it's, it's just all of a sudden, like, it's just there. It, it just happens. I, I don't feel like it was earned. Okay. Well, I mean, I, 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 I guess... I think we have one of those movies where the end of the story does not show us 
the end of the character's growth, but really the real beginning of their growth. And that's why it feels uh, like, okay, if she's really where she needs to be, that's unearned. I don't I think mean, the it movie just really, I don't think it shows us her where she really needs to be. I think it shows us her beginning to get on the right path, so to speak. But I think it skips a step though. Like I, I don't see anything in the movie that's like her realization that she needs to start accepting help to make all that it, change in her life. All it takes is for her to say yes one time and then she starts seeing the effects of actually but we don't accepting see her help say and being yes. better. I don't need that, Ben. I don't need to see her say yes. I know she said yes because I see the, the fruits of it. Okay. Well, another, thing, uh, another thing that we do see is that when she uh, has that scene with Sophie at the end, she gets to see her friend who for the whole movie has seemed to really be getting her stuff together the way Francis would like to, you know, Francis spends the whole movie thinking her best friend really has it together and she's leaving me. And then at the end, you see the best friend, Sophie in this low weak moment uh, reconnecting with Francis and Francis kind of realizing, okay, she doesn't have it together either. You know, she might be making moves in that direction, but she doesn't have it all together, just like I don't, you know. And there's an encouragement in that just to know that um, the the people that you are looking at, like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could have what they have. You know, they're looking at somebody else and wishing they could have it, too. There's always going to be a bigger fish or however you want to say it. Um, she kind of comes to realize, like, OK, I haven't been left behind in the dust. Um that's like a moment for her to take a deep breath and realize everybody's struggling. Everybody's on their journey. You know, she takes a deep breath and then she does the next thing that she needs to do. And I don't think it would have been that much of a stretch to add in just a little bit where we see her kind of have that aha moment and call back the dance company and say, Hey, I'll take the job. And then we get that scene that would have made this movie so much better for me. Cause we actually get that connection. I don't need so I, I don't see the connection. And it's, it's just a miss for me. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry you didn't like that. That um, doesn't exist. May, you know, it probably would have been better if they had added in another scene where she talks to the homie who offered her the job or whatever. Um, although one of my criticisms with the movie is that I think it already has too many scenes as it is. Um, because I mean, it's extremely I, slow. I would agree. Uh, yeah. I think so. I think it spends way too much time. And honestly, I would call it the first act of the movie, um, which is just her constantly having more and more things go wrong in her life. It's just I would like, say, go ahead. Sorry. I don't have anything else. I'm good. I would say the point that she turns the yes to me is when she is with Sophie in her dorm room. And they're talking and Sophie's like, I don't want to get married. I had a baby and it miscarried. I don't have a happy life, but I, it looks like I do. All these things. To me, that is the point where Francis is like, actually, these, these mountains I've built in my mind about someone who I thought was grand, maybe they aren't true. And maybe the mountains I built about other people in my mind who are who 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 you know i think highly of maybe they aren't true maybe it's all maybe i'm just psyching myself out and that maybe i'm thinking i'm not good enough just because i think other people have it better than me to me that 
all that is what's going on with her when she has this scene with Sophie where it's like, you know, I mean, you saw it. So yeah, I mean, that, that was the, that was the turning point of where I was like, okay, that, that is, that's a, that's a, that's a launch pad where she could, she could start a new thought uh, about like where her life may, may go and what she could do next. I don't know. Um, kind of going back to what Elijah said about um, <laughs> this movie being slow and having too many scenes. I think that problem is only escalated by the fact that this movie is only like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if you have a movie that's an hour and a half long and it's too slow and there are too many scenes, I think that's a problem. I will say I, I'm kind of thinking this movie might have been better as a short film yeah you know i can see that i think maybe they could have condensed the important things down and made a short film out of it yeah and honestly i think i i would have enjoyed it more as a short film because everything does feel very dragged out like it was only an hour and a half it felt much longer than that yeah for not good reasons in my opinion yeah i could I could see. I mean, it works either way to me. I think it could work as a short film, but I don't have the issues that you guys have with it. I don't. I don't think a movie being slow is a bad thing either. I think it can be, but I don't think it's inherently a bad thing that a movie's slow. I mean, I don't well, either. But there, I think there's a difference between a slow-paced movie and a movie that drags. And this movie drags. Yeah. Oh, so I it went, drags. I, think I went. So, yes. I went into this knowing that it was gonna be slow. Movies like this often are, and the trailer. Uh, even just the trailer is the kind where you kind of lose interest in the middle. Um, so I kind of expected that going into it. Uh, the movie still did kind of lose my interest a little. Um, I, I stayed with it, but it did feel uh, slow. It's, it, it's not that it was a particularly long movie, um, but it definitely could have been shorter. I think could have worked as a short film. Why is this movie not in color? Yeah, I was trying to figure that out the entire time. I think it was an artistic choice. And I think it was just something that it felt like something that they did just to make it seem more artsy. I highly doubt that that's the case, but the, I mean, you're I welcome mean, to disagree. But say what I, said. I, don't uh, think pe- I don't think people just do things because it's artsy, quote unquote. Oh, people do. <laughs> uh, people absolutely think, do that. I think people do. There's a reason. I'd say, uh, I don't know if y'all could hear that, but Macy said it's like putting a filter on a photo. Okay, why do people put filters on photos? To make it look artsy. <laughs> because or they to think make it, it look, look more beautiful? To have it cover up something. I mean... Yeah, people have reasons. They don't just say, it's artsy now. That's I it. mean, it's some people reason. do, though. I like art, so it art. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, I, Noah, I... I I, I refuse to believe that Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig just slapped this shit on and said, it's artsy now. Now it's black and white. Uh. I mean, I not I can't speak for either of them, but that's kind of what it seems like. I didn't even think about that it was in black and white. I mean, I just don't understand why any movie in, is in All black right. and white ever. I found it. Yeah. What? Director and co-writer Noah Baumbach shot the movie in black and white to boil it down to its barest bones and create an immediate history and a kind of instant nostalgia. Make it artsy. 
Yeah. So I no, mean, you're not even. That's, that's more than just make it artsy. They you're, wanted. You're, I guess they did I, it. I, I, I disagree. I. They <laughs> wanted it to feel like they. They wanted to add one more thing that made it feel like these characters have a lot of history together. To me, that reads as bare bones. He he want he wants it to. He wants you to focus on the characters and what's happening in the movie rather than the the pretty lights and glam of things, the New York or whatever. It's more okay, important but you to can listen. Do that and still not make it in black and white. Of course you can. <laughs> so the one's what this the helps. He said it. He literally said it in the quote. Okay, but you said. can do all of that stuff. They can be bare bones. You can focus on the history of the characters. You can show all of that without it being in black and white. Then I can walk around without rose-colored glasses and things don't look as nice. <laughs> okay, I don't think it looks any nicer. <laughs> Sorry, black and personal white. opinion. No. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't understand why he decided to do this in black and white. It For me, it doesn't add a single thing to this movie. But it covers that. Yeah, I'm neutral to it. I, you know. Um, I, I, I don't I, know. I can't see how this movie is it's not in black and white because it's in black and white. So I really couldn't tell you. And way. from the second I turned it on, I'm like, why is this in black and white? If anything, it distracted me more. Okay. Because most movies just are not in black and white. Personally, I don't understand why any movie ever since we've been able to film in color has been in black and white. All right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you can disagree with me if you want to. I'm just just a dude over this here saying my this piece. This isn't going to go anywhere. Okay. You don't sound very peaceful. You know, I came, uh, I came ready to talk about this movie being like, I mean, I didn't know how you guys were going to feel about it. I was pretty sure Tristan was going to love it because this is up his alley. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize Ben was going to hate it as much as he does. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I uh, didn't super love it. Um, there were there were things I liked about it, but I do not want to see this movie again. Um, I definitely don't think it's a rewatchable one, but you know, I came to this podcast episode really ready to talk about the, the main thing that I thought was really good in this movie, and that is the dialogue and the acting, the way they delivered the dialogue. And then before we started recording, Ben and Macy, are, I think both of y'all were over there yeah. talking about how much you hated the dialogue. And the I was acting. shocked. I was like, That's what? A, I, I mean, honestly, for me, a lot of uh Greta Gerwig's dialogue specifically felt very almost robotic like especially in the first parts of the movie like when she was talking with Sophie it just it felt like I was watching bad high school theater I will say I did think that it got better as the film went along but first starting it felt rough okay I actually want to pounce on that a little bit okay so I'm not a theater kid um, a lot of my friends are, and that's been the case for the last decade of my life. And I love theater kids and I love hanging out with them, but I did not grow up a theater kid. And so there's a lot of just theater culture that I probably still don't understand. And a lot that I didn't get until recently. And I remember I like, I grew up and y'all don't really know my dad that well, but he's super picky about the kinds of movies he watches. He will not watch a movie that was made before like 1999 because he hates old school film acting. Um, and, and so that's the man that raised me. And so I raised being like, you know, 
Like I was taught that was bad acting. Right. And I, I remember watching, you know, some old movies and being like, yeah, that's not how people talk. So that's not good acting. Cause it doesn't seem like this, you know, it takes me out of it. It's no longer an immersive experience when these people talk in a way that doesn't sound like the way real people talk. And then I learned that that's because film acting obviously has its roots in stage acting, which always had to be exaggerated. It had to be loud and it had to be clear so that everybody in the building could understand what was going on on the stage. And then when they started filming stories, uh, there was no like new school of acting yet. So everybody just acted the way they did on stage. Now, a lot of actors really want their performances to seem like these could be real people having a real conversation. And that's my favorite kind of acting. And the fact that you guys, Ben and Macy, you both were like, this felt like a bad theater performance. I'm going to say it would have been if it was a theater performance, because this is not that kind of acting. This is the kind of acting where they want you to get immersed in the story because it feels real. It feels like something that could actually happen. And that, I think, was probably this movie's strongest point. The dialogue did feel so realistic and well acted that I was pretty immersed in it, even though it was slow. Like I could keep up with it. And I felt like what I was watching was a real story that actually happened to a real person. So uh, two things. First, you said that I hate this movie. I wouldn't say that I hate this movie. I don't like it. Um, But this movie is more of a nothing movie than anything. Um, uh, As far as the acting, my main issue is that at the beginning of this movie, like you talked about how this, like the dialogue feels real and it, it's like bring you in with the emotion. I felt like we got no emotion from Greta Gerwig in like the first half of the movie, which was my problem with it. it felt like she was just a robot up, up there. She's depressed. She was subdued. I mean, even when she was talking with Sophie and what was supposed to be like the lighter moments, it it just felt like she was talking monotone and it just it did not seem good yeah you use the word robotic and i'm kind of like no it was not robotic it felt like a real conversation between friends i was i was 100% in on the dialogue i was Me like too. this sounds like the conversations that people actually have with each other i mean i one of the first things i thought was these are real people like i i had that thought when i was Watching Sophie and Greta, no, France's title of the movie, talk. And and then I, I felt it again um, when she was at dinner with Adam Driver's character. And I was like, and she just got it. Like, again, I mean, it, I, I already referenced, I already talked about this earlier, but I'm referencing it. When, you know, she just feels like she really wants to be uh, an adult. And she, and she literally says, I'm not a real person yet or something like that. And she gets up because she doesn't have a credit card, you know. She gets a credit card, puts money on it, goes on a trip to Paris because she desperately wants to feel like she's an adult. And yet she goes back home to Sacramento or wherever, uh, San Francisco, I think. And oh, yeah. And it's like getting, you know, sees her dentist and like, and like lives there basically. And like clearly she doesn't have her life in New York because she has a, a doctor's appointment there and her parents are paying for the stuff. I'm going off topic, but I, I, I'm just like, yeah, a lot of the dialogue really worked for me, but also I didn't even think this was acting. Like I didn't, it didn't feel like acting. It felt like 
people just living their lives. I mean, these were Greta Gerwig's real parents that were just in the movie as her parents. They just they just were parents. That's they right. Said, they said, be parents to have a Christmas party and we're going <laughs> to film it. And then that's what they did. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. <laughs> like, that's yeah. nice. That goes back to me wanting to see people do people things. And like, yeah. I find that interesting, you know? And and I think that was one of the movie's real strengths because it was so slow and it did struggle to keep my interest at some places, but I still couldn't help but feel that this was an immersive watch because everything I was watching felt like something that really happened to real people. Like, I felt like I could have actually known all of these people, you know? Me too. Yeah, it felt very real. Um, yeah. I may not it's, have liked all of them, but yeah. I, could, I could know who they are. Yeah, I definitely disagree with you, Ben, when you use the word robotic. I don't think it was robotic at all. And I guess I'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. I will say I uh, Adam Driver's character was um, my favorite. Uh, he was the one that felt the most real to me. Okay. Man. Uh, Maybe see, we have a different definition of real then. All the conversations between Francis and Sophie felt very natural. And there, it's, you know, probably extra impressive that there were... Uh, different scenes where one or the other of them had to be drunk um so then they had to approach conversation a different way like they were drunk and it still felt real it still felt like this is the way friends talk to each other best friends estranged friends whatever it felt natural uh, i can think I talk about it oh go ahead sorry yeah I, I was just gonna say i um didn't super love this movie don't think it's rewatchable but uh i I did. I appreciate having watched it once. And I think the the realness of the dialogue and the acting, in my opinion, is the real strength of the movie. I just wanted to talk about my favorite scene, if I can. Right. <laughs> it's the dinner scene where she's sitting at a table with uh, like five other people, I think. Yeah. Five. Yeah. The yeah, one where she decides that she's going to Paris. Yes, yes. And she's sitting with them and it's, it's friends of her like acquaintance that she knows from the dance studio who she's staying with, which I don't know if she actually ends up staying with her or not, but, um, but like, first of all, the first layer, we see her walk through the park before this with her friend or this woman acquaintance, I guess. And they play this punching game. Her acquaintance does not like it at all. We get a sense for their relationship, like off the bat, they're just like work friends who don't know each other well at all. And we feel like this acquaintance has really like stepped in some poo-poo here, like, <laughs> like saying yes to Francis Linger, because you're gonna have a miserable time. And she even corrects her at dinner. It's like, no, it's five weeks, not six weeks you're staying. Yeah. And uh, so there's that going on. And then these are all of her friends, her acquaintances' friends. Um, whether they're parents or related somehow or whatever, like, you know, they're all hanging out. And Francis doesn't know these people. And she is at, she is an insecure person around people who are extremely secure in their work or at least give off the impression that they are. And so she is almost like in the lion's den here of like social situations. And like, there's this meme I have on my phone where it's like, it's like, what do you do? And it's like, you've said an awkward joke. What do you do? And it's like, fess up to it or run away screaming. <laughs> like, like she like 
ran away screaming, but in her mind and, and that what that looked like in this whole scene was her trying to talk to this guy who she thought like she could relate to. Maybe she just tried to like start a conversation with him, finds out he's a lawyer, finds out that he goes to Paris. She's like, I have nothing in common with you. And, right. and then like, she just starts opening up about herself because she feels like she's just in a void. Like who's going to judge her? Like, or, well, not, it's not the right thing to say, but rather what, what does she have to lose if there's no, if these are people who she doesn't even relate to at all, like maybe she'll never even see them again. And that's the way I interpret it. So she starts talking about things and, and like basically speaks like a teenager and they're all like, hmm, okay. Like wondering like, why is she here at this dinner party? Who is this woman? And then later when they're done eating and they're talking on the couch, Francis opens up about like what kind of relationship she wants, which is such a good scene, like such a good monologue. Like that's something, that's something that you could like really see done professionally, I guess. Um, and the, the, the woman that she's talking to primarily, and that depends on everyone else too, they're all listening. Like they're just sitting there like thinking about it, you know, like what a profound thing to say. And then Francis insecure as she is says i'm leaving actually i gotta go immediately she says i gotta go and it's just her uh i don't know there's probably like a latin internal word i'm thinking of but it's her whatever kicking in and she just has to like get out and then everyone's like oh okay like they're shocked because it's like that you know something this is this is weird to us this is this is strange and they just all say goodbye to her at the end there. And I don't know, it's just such a cool scene. And I think it's fascinating to watch like her interact with these people. And it's one of those scenes that just feels so real. Yeah, it felt real to me. Um, we also uh, have a little note here to talk about. <laughs> this movie feels a lot like The Graduate in, uh, in like character design and choices. Elijah mentioned that before. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I brought that up. It's I've only seen The Graduate that once when we did yeah. an episode on it. I haven't seen it since then, so I don't remember it that well. Um, but the what I was thinking is that The Graduate is a movie that focuses on someone uh, in their you know immediately post grad life um, who is in a bad situation because he doesn't know what to do next. And he feels like his life is so different. It's not what it was. And it's not what he thought it was going to be. So he just feels lost. I think Frances Ha is the same kind of movie. You know, she even ends up going back to her college to work. And everybody's like, what? You're not a student here? You know, and people are making comments about how she seems old, but also not responsible. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of reminded me of the same thing that's going on in The Graduate. Yeah, it's the same kind of ambiguity in what happens. What? Yeah, it's hitting that stage in life where you're you're beginning to feel like your best days are behind you, maybe uh, because you've arrived in what they call, quote unquote, the real world. And now you're like, OK, now what? Like, I thought I was going to be prepared for this and I thought I was going to have a lot of stuff together, a wife, a house, kids and a dog, whatever. But I don't have anything together, you know, so you start to feel kind of lost. Yeah, I mean. They both go back to college. Well, he goes to college. She goes back to college for different reasons, but 
And, you know, they both do things in the movie where you're just like, ah, why did you do that? You know, like you're thinking that like just a simple decision could fix that problem, you know, but, but your, you know, mental state got the better of you. And this is, I mean, these, these are reasons, these are things that happen to people in real life. Like there are lots of people out there who struggle with their mental health and, it really affects their ability to even get up out of bed, you know? And she has that problem where you see, you see it in the bathroom and she has no reason to be laying in the bath, but she does not want to move. And her mom's like, I got to get in there. She's like, she has, doesn't even know what to say. She's just like, oh, it'll be a minute. And like, she sleeps through her whole Paris trip, you know? Right. And she like, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't do anything. It's, 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 a bit surprising that she actually is a is a dancer and actually goes to to dance, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very connected to the graduate, and it's just both of those movies are character studies into what it's like being a young adult and trying to figure things out when you're dealing with, you know, a, a subdued mental state, basically. Good way to put it, Elijah. So, dude, <laughs> that's the word that came to mind for me. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all ready to score this sucker? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I guess I'll get it started. Uh, go ahead and set the bar real low for this. Um, like I said earlier, I, I wouldn't say that I hated this movie. Uh, there were things that I definitely didn't like, um, but more than anything, this movie just kind of felt like a nothing movie to me uh so that being said i'm gonna give it a 50 yeah i'm actually not going too much higher than that i've settled on a 66 um i definitely don't want to rewatch this movie i'm glad that i watched it um you know i i thought for what it was as a creative enterprise it was good and it was worth watching i'm glad i got to see what greta gerwig is like as an actress and i did like it (laughs) Uh, just because I've already decided based on Lady Bird and Little Women that she's one of the greatest directors of our time. So I had to see what she's like as an actress, you know. Um, But I do not want to see this movie again. It's too slow. Um, I think, you know, I felt like it was worth watching one good time, but I didn't love it. um, And I I don't think I would call it a great movie. I'd say it's a mediocre movie by some great filmmakers, probably. Yeah, she, uh, Greta Gerwig is also in 20th century women as well i don't know if she directed that one i don't think she did um if you want to see more of her acting she's in it she wasn't actually originally meant to be in this movie um noah baumbach just thought she was a good pick i'm gonna give this a 92 um i really enjoy it i don't think i would necessarily need to watch this movie again um Although I could in the future, um, I th- I thought it was really emotional in several parts, and it moved me, and I thought it was really real. So, all right. Uh, well, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, uh, we get a final score of a sixty-nine point three repeating. All right. So, Elijah, congratulations! You were right this week. Absolutely, I was. 
Nice. Get used to it. This is the new normal. <laughs> I'm taking wow. the crown from you, Ben. Good. Well, we'll see how that goes next week. We Speaking of, what are we watching next week? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, Ben. We're watching a uh, little ditty from the early 90s. Uh, 1992 called, to be specific. That's right. It's called Fern Gully. You've probably seen it when you were sitting around with nothing to do on Earth Day in elementary school. Because I watched it every year for some reason. Yep. I don't know and that I've ever seen this movie before. I watched it like once as a kid. And then I thought I'd watch it as an adult to see if my adult brain thought it was any good as a movie. And because I have seen it as an adult and um, didn't love it, I will not be here next week. Toodles. <laughs> it's so a good I, kids movie. I, I'm very intrigued by this cast because reading through this, uh, Robin Williams is in it. Tim Curry is in it. And then Cheech and Chong are in it for some reason. Christian Slater's uh, in it. Yeah. Uh, those were just the four that really just caught my eye that's a that's a comedy powerhouse right there yeah uh so yeah we'll see how it goes uh it's, sure to... it's got some laughs i think well we'll watch it and we'll find <laughs> out uh i'll be fern Gully, the last rain force next week uh, and in the meantime keep up with all the cool stuff that we do on social media at vider media we've got new episodes of setting the scheme every wednesday uh, and until next week i'm ben i'm tristan i'm elijah and this has been setting the scheme y'all have a great week <laughs>